welcome to the Broken Foundation Collective Podcast. I'm here with Evan from Worn Out, and uh, he is a good friend of mine. We've played some shows together, and I would like to introduce him and get him to say a bit about himself. What is the crack? <laughs> Not much, mate. <laughs> Dying for a couple of weeks' time where we get to hang out and cuddle and all that good stuff. Oh, it's the cuddling that I can't wait for. Oh, it's going to be so good. I think I've like we've managed to use um, our bands and like these tours as excuses to just man cuddle, really. Like, <laughs> really have I? You know, it's one of those people. My wife knows. Oh, it's Evan. Well, that's the way it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah, it's like look, it's this is a, this is a thing. Look, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to deal with this. Exactly, yeah. and you know she's got into that she thinks you're a lovely boy right you when you guys were over here legend so. yeah Rachel's yeah. an absolute legend Hi, oh, she's great very lucky boy um so i just wanted to start off with saying like who are you what do you do uh for people that don't know you um i am evan i am the drummer in a hardcore adjacent band from cork called worn out i run Dead Cult Promotions um, that run shows in Cork and I am a part of the Metal Cell podcast, which is um, an Irish metal podcast. Yeah, I also love Metal Cell. I've been on that myself. Uh, you have indeed, and it was one of the cutest episodes there ever was. <laughs> of course it was. Look, it's me and you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So you, you mentioned you've done, you do a lot. Let's be perfectly honest. You're like uh, yeah, yeah. me, but you're able to do it full time. Um, <laughs> let's start off with your band, Worn Out. So that's how I first was made aware of you, um, so to speak. And I was instantly just into the band from the off because you really reminded me of like an every time I die, like just like a kind of chaotic hardcore sort of vibe. Um, how, tell me how Worn Out actually came about and how it's become your your life as it has and um, see the thing with worn out coming together it really just depends who you ask um because i was looking to start a band but originally wanted to do something more like like kind of alice in chains-esque kind of thing maybe yeah. a bit of Ruben and um i got talking to our original guitarist isaac so i was talking to him for a while we were like fuck it you know we'll go for a jam see what happens and i think at the same time as that uh our vocalist xander was on to isaac about trying to get like a heavier band started so the first day that we went up we kind of just we literally we just started playing i guess like just the more um natural way we didn't come in with like oh we'll learn this song and learn this song it was more trying to figure out just how we work together if we can write something if there's some kind of spark there um and there was we wrote i think the first ever song that we wrote was a song called don't hold it against me but has never and never will see the light of day but it was more um more just i guess to get into a flow of things um, and Xander came up on the second, well, you know, a lot of it was just kind of making things up on the spot to see what worked and 
it did. It worked straight away. We had like maybe two or three practices with us, and I I asked Brian, who would be my best mate, and I had been in a band previously with that. Um, you know, I just wanted to see if he'd be interested in coming up and playing with us, and he did. And I guess the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny, like um, obviously the lineup's slightly different now. Um, yeah. Isaac's gone, um, and you've got Alex, who I'm going to kill, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny, like get rid of a picture of. Did he have "kill Finn" written on his hands, and Instagram took it down for like hate speech or bullying or something? Yeah, yeah, well, that was in. Um, it was Manchester. Was it in, was, or was yeah, it Leeds? yeah. Or was it? No, I think it was. I know the picture was, it was in, Santiago, so it was Leeds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was in Leeds. Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. we were just like, "Fuck this! I hate you." The whole. I don't even know how it started. I think Alex just said he was going to kill me, and I was like, "I'm going to kill you." And that was it. <laughs> I think like even after the tour, is like any uh, picture or video um, that went up of the tour. Sooner or later, you knew one of you were going to threaten the other one. Like, which exactly. is heartwarming to see. <laughs> see i i love you whereas me and alex it's different you know so a bit dangerous uh, <laughs> got that uh, bad boy edge yeah, exactly uh and yeah i mean brian was someone i uh just he just doesn't stop making me laugh when we were playing and watched the live like oh you guys are very energetic and you know especially yourself, you like a, a good Rami uh, show, you know, you're b- bouncing around. And then yeah. when you're playing, you're bouncing around as well. Um, so I, I just love watching you guys play. But Brian, I remember, it was in Leeds again, I think, was on top of a table. And just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like in the middle of the room. <laughs> it was, I it remember, was awesome. I remember uh, one of the funniest, I don't even know if it was funny because I was dying, but it was. I'm pretty sure it was in Manchester. And like that room was so fucking hot from oh, yeah. everybody playing. And I remember like, for some reason I, before the set never managed to get like a glass of water. So for the entire set, I was like so thirsty and sweating and like feeling like, you know, I could literally just pass out at any second. And I look over at Brian and he like has this, to me, it looked like it was like glowing, you know, there was like an aura around it of like really ice cold water. Yeah. One, like in my head, he took like the tiniest fucking sip and then decided to pour it all over his head and all over the stage. And I was just like looking at him being like, with like a mouth like Gandhi's flip flop. (laughs) And I remember he did it. And um, it was like, because of the heat in the room, like, it evaporated like straight away and like it was like there might as well have been a fog machine in the venue because I remember somebody said it to me after it was like I didn't know they turned on like the fog machine thing (laughs) (laughs) like no Brian just poured the last glass of water that was on the stage and all over the stage and (laughs) not in anyone's mouth no like he got a tiny sit and I remember looking at it and the whole thing happened in slow motion and I was like and I think this was like maybe two, maybe three songs in. So, oh God, I remember looking at that being like, I just witnessed what is going to kill me. But <laughs> yeah, 
could, literally could not see anything for that set because Brian like made his own at home fog machine. Oh, he brought the sauna. That's what I used to say. Sauna, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely what it was. Um, so we'll go through a couple of different things that you do, but we'll stick to before and out at the moment. Uh, you guys brought out a new song, uh, Bridge Burner, um, on Friday. Yeah, boy. And it's uh, unsurprisingly an absolute raging melter of a track. So you've it's been done by Justin Hill, who was in six. Yes. And he's also done uh, some guest vocals on it. Tell yep. us how that sort of came about. Um, when we were thinking about like I'm even like trying to come to the decision of asking him to kind of mix and master it because we recorded it differently than we had before usually you know if we're going to do an EP or a single or something we'll book however many days in one studio um you know standard thing but we kind of wanted to see how much we could do ourselves um and the one thing we knew and well just refused to try to do ourselves was recording drums so a friend of ours chris hockey um he recorded the drums in basically what's like a music college in the center of cork and this studio is like from the last i heard i think it's like almost three million worth of of a studio the place is incredible but uh he recorded the drums there and then for the rest of it like Brian recorded the guitars and the bass in our practice space, um, which like, because we'd been demoing a lot of stuff at home, we were just getting better at, um, well, the lads were more than I was. I, I didn't do, I didn't do shit with that, but um, yeah, like the lads then recorded the guitar and bass in our practice studio. And then Chris came back up to do the vocals there as well. Um, and we knew, you know, with recording it that way, we wanted to have someone that, you know, would really bring out the best of it. Um, and it didn't really take long to kind of come to the decision of having Justin do it. Um, I think I remember, I think I was in Brian's house one night um, and we we're kind of spitballing names. And I think like maybe the second person that I had said, um, and he had said like pretty much at the same time because there was I think there was one other person mainly just thinking about someone that like is would be more attainable like okay just in case we can't get whatever but I think we kind of got our hearts set on Justin very quick and then um, it was just about reaching out to him we luckily um, I don't know if you know a band Hero and Error no I don't but they were like an Irish metal band that were, they're amazing. Like, and, you know, they started really making waves and they recorded with Justin and had become really good friends with Justin and the guy in Hero will be good friends of ours. Um, And I remember messaging Gary, the guitarist, being like, look, what do you think are the chances of um, Justin mixing and mastering our that's new single that we have and he was like man i'd be very surprised if he doesn't do it because it turns out that gary had been playing him our stuff anytime that they were over oh right wow that's cool so 
you know, even when we got onto him, he like he knew exactly where we were, who we were, and which that alone at the time was just like mind blowing to me. Do you know what I mean? Like six were a band that I remember when like the first time I'll, I'll never forget the first time I heard them just being like, that's not possible to yeah. do like humans. It's not possible for for humans to be able to play this. Do you know what's funny? It's a funny story about sick. I remember the exact first time I heard them. Yeah. And I think it was still download. Uh, still, um, whatever was it, Downton before download, Monsters of Rock or Ozfest. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was like the last year of Ozfest. And I was, I taped the BBC One radio rock show, like literally yeah. onto a tape cassette. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like two in the morning or whatever it was on. And they had like some of Ozfest live. Yeah, and it was either that or the first download one of the two, and six were on it, and I, I think it was Skies of Millennium Light. I was like, "What the fuck is going on? This is mad, <laughs> absolutely insanity." Yeah, I think it was uh, it was definitely Bland Street Bloom. The first time I heard that, I I think I remember like the first time I heard it. Like first, it's that thing where like my mouth dropped, and then the only thing that I could do was laugh. Yeah, you know, like I just I didn't. I you didn't can't respond. I, yeah, I couldn't respond. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Because <laughs> yeah. I just had this image of, because when that came out, I was like, you know, trying to get started in bands and just, you know, you know, like when you're, it, it's that thing of like, I remember I was, I was a kid playing like Tony Hawk on PlayStation and you'll play it so much that when you actually go out to skate, you're like expecting you can do it. Yeah. So, at that stage, it was like, you know, trying to write songs. And then when you're hearing real technical things and just being like, how the fuck do they do that? Do you know, as in yeah. like, how, how is this actually possible? But was the, They're one of those bands where every single person in the band is like a, just a savant. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But even asking, um, like we, we had solidified dates for... Justin to mix and master it and then you know I had I had said to the lads and um, we'd all kind of talked about um just being like we have to try chance um getting him on as guest vocals and I got I again went back to uh went back to Gary um from Hero and I was like look what are the chances of um having you know if we asked justin to do guest vocals do you think he'd actually say yes do you think he'd laugh at us or what and gary was like oh he'll definitely 100 say no but <laughs> he says no send me a screenshot and i will bully him into doing it <laughs> <laughs> but luckily like do you know that we i know a few people that he has recorded he's mixed before and they've asked him and he said no but whatever it was we asked him kind of I when I sent the email I was nearly standing with my phone ready to take a screenshot to send to Gary to be like do your worst but yeah he, j- he just came back straight away and was like yeah cool I haven't got to properly do vocals for a while but yeah I'll do it just let me know what you want me to do and I was like what's what's the catch here and I was like <laughs> yeah he's told so many times that there's just no way um he'll do it and he said no to so many other people that we know and so you know I, I don't take that for granted to have him on it and I yeah think a few times it's like 
if you know 15 year old me while i was listening to bland street bloom would be like oh yeah uh, he's gonna do vocals on a a track that you know my band yeah it's mad absolutely mad and it's cool as well like because when we put it up there'll be people that kind of come out of the woodwork that might not really be as much part of the scene on a regular basis but you know would just come out of nowhere guys that i'm like you listen to six would be like you know just coming in being like just like oh my god <laughs> i love that band i'm like yeah i didn't even know you listened to anything heavy so it's cool to see the the appeal that they've had for so long you know yeah totally and um, they're, they're definitely one of those bands where i feel like they've influenced so many bands especially in the uk scene um i remember they were supporting architects at some point can't remember i had tickets but then couldn't go my brother went and he got i think it might be mikey yeah to sign finn's account on my ticket for me so <laughs> was man lovely. you're getting abuse left right and center like it's brilliant man it's the best <laughs> uh, you know i'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna just take my defense of you to the next level on this tour like i feel like i'm just gonna stand behind you on time with like I'll need it. A hammer, just like you know, like just hitting it off. My Don't touch him. Like, Do not be mean to my boy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and I guess speaking of uh, us going on tour, uh, we are going on tour in uh, Ireland, and yeah. I'm very excited. Um, Do you want to run down what we've got going on, or I can do it? I've got it all written down here. If you want to go, um, I'll try. Yeah, give it a go. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, starts uh, Friday twenty eighth of October in Cork. At Crack Jenny's. Yeah. Um, so this whole weekender, it's Worn Out, which is Evan's band. My band, Blow the Neck. And then our friends, Lurin, from England. Uh, so we're doing all three dates together. And on the Cork date, we have Axe Catcher joining us. Who are another sick band. We They're so it. fucking good. Well, oh, we, we try to put on to as many things as we're doing. Like, with, with, like... Where have we? we've had them on the Dublin show, we've had them on a Limerick show. We like we we were supposed to have them for a show in Cork at the start of the year, but uh, you know we had to reschedule the date of that, and it didn't suit them. And we got them on the Limerick date for that tour. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely delighted to kind of finally get them back to Cork. Um, Oh, they're just amazing. Like I feel like they're so underrated, but it's probably just because people don't know them. Like because anyone that does know them loves them, and anyone that sees them is very like blown away. It's one of those things that you know, just because they're on first doesn't doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Like it absolutely doesn't mean shit. Um, and that's the kind of thing that I like about the the lineup that we have. It's like the order doesn't really mean anything it's like everybody is is great so i think people are in for a, a sweaty messy time <laughs> yeah um so that's a friday the saturday we're in dublin now i is it shinne 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 yeah okay so we're yeah, there and shinne <laughs> Shin okay yeah yeah uh so that's in dublin and we've got unmaker with yeah. uh the three of us uh, they're really cool as well. You sent me them. And I yes, was yeah. Kind very of impressed. A younger band. I think they're like all um, maybe early twenties, but um, 
they see like they have a um they have a good attitude by the looks of it you know they're kind of they're pushing it and they're i like seeing that like like i've said a million times like newer bands are always where people we need more new bands because if it if we don't have new people coming in and like you know starting new bands then it'll things will kind of die out sooner or later so absolutely good time for any kind of younger bands that want to you know put the effort in and do things to a certain quality as well we'll actually touch on that in a minute so we'll come back to that uh, we've also got on the sunday the 30th we're playing the siege of limerick in limerick oh my lord you have no idea what's coming for that gig <laughs> so can you explain to people that don't know what the siege is because i wasn't aware until i started speaking to you just so, what exactly the siege is and how it kind of has quite a large impact it's mayhem uh, no it's um it's like an all dare festival but it's like run by bad reputation they would be like in my eyes kind of the promoters um for metal in in ireland like they're just constantly putting on amazing gigs and it's always stuff to ridiculously high standards you have like three stages music starting from 1 p.m till i think maybe 1 or 2 a.m um and it's all you know like a lot of uh irish bands and then you have bands like you know memoriam uh they've had conjure in the past um like if you look through the posters that they've had it's ridiculous and a lot of them are free. This one is the first one since COVID um, that is free. So it's, you know, it'll be an absolute free for all. There's just such a, a good vibe um, at them. And it's, it's very much, it, it's kind of like a showcase in a way. Like a lot of bands really get to cut their teeth and, you know, um, how do I even describe it? It's like, you know, it's kind of like the South by Southwest, but just for metal. And yeah, know, people come down and just the amount of new bands that they'll find, you know, it's perfect place for kind of like I heard of those guys, but now I get to check them out um, with really great sound, really great. Like crowds are always amazing. Like this is our, this is our third siege. So like the first one we ever did um we weren't even together a year i don't think and i think we played at like 2 p.m on the upstairs stage and you know it's straight away crowd surfing modern <laughs> stage live and everything like you know so Xander would have been loving that he was yeah he was well, like they were <laughs> he was getting lifted up so he was he was absolutely delighted yeah i mean looking at the actual lineup for siege like, I'm not going to pretend I know every band on the bill, but Memoriam are the headliners, uh, yeah. and they're fairly big. And then there's some band called Worn Out on there. They're pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and then 100-year-old man, who yeah. I saw at Red Crust Fest in May, yeah. Yeah. my friend Duncan put on, and they were... That was wild. Yeah. I, wasn't, I didn't know what I was expecting, and then it was just an experience like to be that dickhead that says things like that but it really was the whole like, stage show Sonic assault and all of the senses <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i came away a changed humanoid yeah <laughs> yeah uh, and then the the lovely titled trench knife 
So Trench knife are sick. Yeah, I, just the name alone makes me think I'm gonna like them. So, yeah, I think I think you will. It's like kind of um, I I've always, I I think they have like kind of a power trip vibe to them. Um, oh boy, oh, yeah. It's like power trip, but not it, with vocals. It's I, I don't know how to describe, but they're really sick. They're really really good. Yeah. Trench I'll knife. be checking the fuck out of them. Yeah, I, I feel like you really, really like Trench Knife. Um, so, I mean, I guess a, a nice segue is like, this was all booked with the exception of Siege, so that's John, uh, Bad yeah. Reputation. Uh, it's all Dead Cult, which is yourself. Yes. Um, do you want to maybe give people a bit of a backstory on Dead Cult, how it came about, what your main desires were for it, and uh, what inspired you to really start um so dead cult would be i guess the the promotional company or like the monic moniker is that the thing that you like this is the one you go by the name yeah you go by. yeah and yeah. um, shows that i put on um like i i have been putting on shows for as long as i've been kind of playing in bands but never really you know put a specific name to something or had my own my own thing to go by you know like i always kind of just put it on if a band i was in was playing or um if we'll say if a, you know friends bands wanted to come down to wherever i was living at the time i'd put something on and promote it but never got to do it you know as my own thing and do it do things the way i wanted to have and you know, more like focus on it as not when I'm, you know, not not just because I'm playing and just to actually enjoy the putting on of the gigs and the stress and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for people that have never done it, it's great fun, but it is so much stress and nonsense, uh, even when you do know what you're doing, which yeah, I still don't. Man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, so what have you got coming up with Dead Cult? Um, obviously, there's the, the weekend over their cells, but have you got other stuff that you've got cooking in the background? I, yeah, I do indeed. I have... See, I haven't announced... I do have more shows for the end of the year, but I haven't announced announced them, but yeah, they're okay. going to be... Uh, they will be good ones for sure. I'm kind of like, you know, very much like a... Trying to get blood from a stone sometimes if, you know, it's... <laughs> Um, I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 w- I will let people know what they need to know when they need to know it. Aye, yeah. Just, okay, cool. But there is, yeah, with Dead Cult, there's a lot coming. And recently, I, um, I have Kenzie on board. Who? Oh yeah. But uh, you know, Kenzie used to run shows as Hear the Noise Promotions, and I think with me is I've been doing all of it um you know the organizing and everything you know bar getting a hand with gear with um brian and you know alex from the last vinci like you know with lifts and things like that but with the actual organizing and running everything and funding and you know everything as well as having you know worn out and some other projects that again will be will be known when they're needed to be known um and the metal cell as well as like working full time um and trying to have some kind of downtime i knew 
it would get to a point because I don't want anything to stay stagnant. I need it to get better and I need it to grow. But um, I I was worried and kind of, it hadn't got to the stage yet, but it, I knew sooner or later I something would start depreciating, you know, like something would get left on the back burner. Something might not be done to the level that it deserves. And I just didn't want one thing to suffer because of the other. Yeah. So, um, I have Kenzie coming in who will be helping out at the shows. And then in, because I have the, the rest of the shows for the year already booked and sorted, he'll just be kind of helping with the promotion and the actual running of them. And then he'll be starting to do his own lineups um, in the new year, which means it kind of frees me up that I don't have to put on as many shows. And, you know, we, we can split it and still have Dead Cult grow to the level that it needs. And I can have um, more dates and time for for my own musical projects rather than... Because, you know, it can be stressful if, you know, you're trying to book a tour or book um, shows for your own band but knowing that you have like a year of dates ahead that like what do I do if you know if Worn Out get um, a show a good show that we would be really beneficial to us and I have a dead cult thing on or you know and I felt very weird about handing it to someone else unless I knew it would be done to a certain level you know rather than yeah. someone kind of come down and not have the right ethos and it just be just not dead cult kind of thing. So yeah, I, you know, I'm very confident that Kenzie, Kenzie, his ability to do it is, would never even been questioned, but it's his, it's his love for the scene. Um, that was the real selling point for me, you know, like it, I would feel safe with having, you know, having him on board basically yeah exactly like i'm not <clears throat> worrying if he because the whole the actual vibe of the gigs is a huge thing for me and like to make it a place that's welcoming like um i said it before that like after lockdown and all that shit that it was really cool seeing um you know people that have never been to shows that like at the start of covid had um, do you know they might have been getting they might have been maybe like 17 um, kind of getting into heavier music and then over lockdown really got obsessed with it so when it finishes they're now old enough to go to the pubs and come to the gigs and it's like do you know I want it to be a safe place where everyone can go people can be whoever it is that they want to be as long as they're not absolute cunts um, yeah but you know a, a, welcome, a welcoming place for if people want to come down and see what this whole thing is about, because I can't, again, like I said earlier, I can't stress enough how, unless we have new people trying new things and getting started and stuff like that, it'll die. Do you know, like you can have too many people that are almost gatekeeping it and being like, you're not, you don't know what you're doing. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. It's yeah like, definitely. If they don't know what they're doing, <clears throat> and give them advice help them you know like you know there's some guys now that when they do stuff they're actually just a detriment to any everyone has those guys but oh, yeah. know, someone's heart is in the right place and they're doing it for the right reasons you know i'm more than happy to help 
yeah whatever, whatever it's, with advice or what whatever anyone needs really like as long as we can just keep the um scene going mm-hmm. one thing i was going to talk about it uh, was the fact that there's i don't know what it's like over with you but over here there's a lot less new bands coming through um really? yeah i think it's people just couldn't get together to have a practice or they weren't that, meeting up to start jamming things like yeah, that you yeah. know there's a few bands to be fair like i i actually noticed it a lot more in the uk that like during um low lockdown they were announcing that they're finished um and you know they'll do the one last gig after like when everything is when gigs can come back but i mean like after two years i don't know if a lot of them actually did do that final i don't think so to be honest yeah because it's kind of like two years um it's a long time to wait for the end you know what i mean yeah it's like you're waiting for a fun thing you're waiting for kind of a sad thing you're waiting two years for a funeral like yeah um i'm glad to hear that's maybe not quite like that in ireland because it's definitely been a problem for i know me and some others like sort of promoters and bands that there's a lack of uh, kind of like opening bands or local bands that you can guarantee will be able to like draw a crowd and have yeah. a good show and stuff yeah because there's a, there's a few that are kind of starting in cork now like you know over the last since lockdown there's like you know her scene there's daz gak um ruined family vacation uh <laughs> such a sick name such a good name <laughs> yeah but uh yeah like there's there's a few bands that are kind of um have have started over uh lockdown and which is great to see even if people kind of got the ball rolling i'm sure there was a lot of things that were supposed to happen but never did as well because i think during lockdown there was people that were like you know like trying to do online um kind of remote writing things but then when things start opening up they those things kind of fall by the wayside because people have their lives back i guess it's a lot more people want to do things in person again i think things like the live stream thing yeah um not in a bad way but i was delighted to see the end of that because we had it was replaced by what it it was replacing originally do you know what i mean yeah it was a return to how life was for us beforehand Yeah, Uh, yeah yeah i definitely was very happy to see like live concerts and stuff. Yes, absolutely. Like I don't really like watching stuff after the fact. Like I, if I if I like it, I'll watch it. You know, for example, David Tan does Die Tan. Um, oh films. yeah, yeah. His videos are great. I was watching the Static Dress one and the See You Space Cowboy that he put up on as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's loads of great stuff films like everything that happens pretty much yeah yeah um i love like sticking his stuff on if it's a band i either like i've never heard probably want to see what they're like live yeah they're he's he's actually great for you know that i've heard i've seen these guys names mm-hmm. around and then you're seeing like a live thing because you know again everyone can have like ridiculously high quality recordings now and then you see it live and you're and like, it's fucking oh. boring oh stop or where it's just like yee that was all that was all studio magic wasn't it guys <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, i've not noticed it that much recently i think since like the whole genty thing kind of 
got a little less popular, it's kind of gone away a little bit where you hear a band record, you're like, fuck, these guys are great. And then you actually see them and they're struggling to play along to this click that they've obviously not practiced enough to mm. and stuff like, you know, full disclosure, I can't do that. <laughs> but no, I, I, I definitely get what you mean. I think like the, the really like overproduced sound was in and it was that gent kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then people started fighting back against it of, you know, now it's like everyone wants the raw sound. But I guess it's just trying to find a happy medium because, you know, you can go into the ins and outs of it and there's always some form of studio magic. But it's just, I guess, the way I always picture it in my head is if I'm walking around listening to a song, if it's so overly well produced, I can't picture, you know, that daydream of you playing it to a crowd going... Like if it just feels like oh this was just all either programmed or whatever and there's not like that human element, then I can't daydream to it. Um and that makes me kind of come out of it a bit and realize that it's at the end of the day just fucking ones and zeros that are coming through the through the headphones, like Yeah. I mean with all the stuff that you can do in the, the studio and you know, like you've just released a new track we've still got tracks sitting that we're fannying about with. You know, it's like, there's there's always stuff that can be done in the studio and part of my discussion last week with um, my friend Andy, he does recording this, he was talking about DIs being uh, auto-tuned and stuff now for guitars. I was just like, that in itself is such a cool technological thing, but I don't know, I would rather that wasn't happening I, I, I'd rather it wasn't needed for my playing, if you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 I get what you mean. There's something to be said with, like, there's, like, a, you know, like, the beautiful imperfections. I think it's, like, with, uh, I think we're kind of conditioned to hear the perfect take every single time because you're listening to um, recordings of that's the best that's ever been played, and which I, which I get and you want, do you know what I mean? But... There's something, I think that's really what the the raw sound comes from, is that that real human element where it's not um, just insanely microscopes to every bit. Mm. You know, like some things that sound bad actually sound good. Not yeah. that, that's shit, but like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that thing, you know, like even a certain, like a type of feedback or like, you know, like... Um, you know, like just a, a quick open thing on all the strings but like just uh, on, like down one of the strings completely like just just sounds horrible like but a purposeful horribleness well i think it's it's using that um the the idea that not every mistake is a bad thing and there's plenty of stuff that yeah can be added in that adds a little like texture and flavor and all sort of stuff um definitely little bits of dissonance can be really cool like yeah absolutely we have we definitely have our fair share of that anyway you absolutely fucking do it's one of the things i was drawn to uh just about the band in general is like little things like that i kind of like raw hardcore edge to it that is really like that's my thing that's my jam you know that's what i want to book um and play shows with and stuff uh and in terms of that like what sort of bands are you looking for when it comes to dead cult 
And do you think Kenzie's going to have a different sort of edge to his shows? Do you think it's going to go a different way with his ones? Yeah, I think there will be like a uh, some kind of differentiating thing. But like my thing is I'm not looking for a specific style. Do you know, a lot of the bands that are playing aren't, you know, I'm not going to put on like just hardcore bands. And, you know, for me, it's kind of like, I like seeing bands that are trying. I'm not too, the actual style isn't overly important to me because I remember talking to John, who runs Bad Rep and just being like, you know, at the very start before it even launched, I was like, I just want to put on that everyone kind of says where it's like, I want to put on loads of bands that like I love and blah, blah, blah. But like you realize after, not that I hate <laughs> half the bands that we put on. It's like, you have to understand that my, my opinion isn't all encompassing. Like, you know, I like what I like. I'm the one that puts on my music on my headphones, but that doesn't mean that everyone else is going to like it because music is so subjective and everyone has their own thing that you kind of have to be like, right. Who, who is trying, who is pushing, who is going to put the effort in and, you know, who's going to, again, like who, I'm sure you'll agree with this, but like you, if you put on a band, you appreciate a band that's going to be pushing the gig and you appreciate a band you can see that is putting in the effort to get people to the gig. I will work my ass off to promote, but if you get bands that kind of make one post about it, and then don't mention it at all. And then when they show up to the gig, just kind of like, don't care. You know, they're just as if people should be happy that they're there. And it's kind of like, that attitude doesn't fly with me at all. Like I I dislike it immensely as well. Yeah. Like I feel effort, you got to bring effort. Now not yeah. everybody can be amazing on social media with promotion. No, no, but, but there's stuff. You yeah. Know, I can talk to people. Like, I've, I've had one or two bands that did absolutely fuck all. Um, and then when they got to the gig, would not even, they'd barely watch the other bands. And that's something that a lot of the bands will, will be able to attest to is that, you know, when I'm letting everyone know about the ins and out of the gig and the day and whatever, I've often said like, look, if you are the kind of band that and your crowd is going to come down, there's going to be loads of people in for your set and then everyone fucks off for everyone else and goes down to the smoking area. I'm like, I'd rather make a loss and pay the bands out of my own pocket than have one band play to loads of people and then everyone else get up and be like playing to maybe half of one other band do you know what I mean it's kind of like show it's because you know if the whole thing is the part about being part of a scene and people come down to spend money to go to a gig you kind of want them to be like right well now is your time to to check out new bands because I'm sure there'll be the same people in a couple of months giving out that like oh there's no there's no gigs on there's no this there's no that and it's like well there was but bands stopped being arse coming down because there was nobody there or the people were just there for the local band and stuff like that. Yeah, I I always try and build out that my sort of locals, people yeah, that aren't locals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and 
some local crowd, especially for that's people who have been in town before. That's just yeah, the way it works. Yeah. And I would like it if bands stayed and watched the other bands. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, you can't, like, this is the other thing, though. Like, you, you can't, can't please it. No, you can't force it. I mean, like, I even the last show that we put on, or the last, like, smaller one that we put on in Fred's, it was like, you know, I've said often, like, look, if you have to go, like, I'm not going to be like, unless you're watching every single second, it's not <laughs> yeah. at all. Like, you know, you're, you know, do whatever you want to do, but it's, if it's blatantly like you only were up in that room to play your set and then you were gone and didn't show anyone the respect of even checking out one of their songs, that's where, I'm, and then, you know, at the end of the night being like, oh, that was classic, let me know. Yeah. Can we play again? I'd be like, uh, you are on the bottom of the list right now, brother. <laughs> yeah. I think people need to be a bit more realistic about like, not everyone's involved in a scene. And yeah. Different styles of music have different ways of doing things. Um, I have been lucky that most of the bands are pretty sound. And it's it's not saying a band are bad if they don't stick around. As you said, people got shit people have kids yeah, all totally. this kind of stuff you yeah. Know? yeah absolutely I think there's a difference of like you know not being able to be around or like man I've had you know I have friends that might play two gigs in a night like maybe one's a cover gig and then the other one is playing original stuff and like you know I understand people have shit to do someone might be working really early in the morning and which happens and I'm like you know they'll come up and they'll say look man i gotta go because x y and z and i'm like fuck yeah man that's absolutely fine but there is it's like that ignorant thing of being like you are not worth my time to come mm -hmm. up and watch like i've done my show i'm gonna sit in the smoking area and that's i feel like that's just kind of like a i don't know it just feels like a kick in the nuts to to other bands do you know i i definitely feel like with younger bands as well or less experienced bands um that can be quite detrimental to them because they think, oh, are we just shit or whatever? Yeah, you know, and sometimes very, they are. Very disheartening, yeah. 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 Um, and there's nothing wrong with being a less experienced band that have, you know, less experience, to yeah. be honest. But it's nice to know that some other guys would be like, oh, what's happening? Do you guys race? Or even just, it's not my thing. Whatever, yeah. you know, that's... Yeah, absolutely. It's Again, that's where it comes down to the supportive side. Like, again, I can't, like, trying to explain this to some people, you know, I'm not, again, I can't stress enough that I'm not, like, watching everyone being like, get the fuck up. But at the same time, it is, like, you know, if you have stuff to do, I completely understand that. But you know, as well as I do, there is a completely different type of not watching bands where it's, oh, like, yeah. just, like, almost going out of your way to leave and not show anyone any support. Yeah. Um, you know, it just looks bad on all accounts. But like in saying that now, you know, I'm very lucky with the people that we've booked that like 99% of the bands have been so good. And even like after the gigs in, you know, commenting on each other's stuff and kind of just want the help. There's a lot of bands, especially the ones that travel, you know, like we've had mm -hmm. bands down from Belfast like survivalists and stuff and they had an amazing set same with archives but yeah, you know it's a long, boys. yeah it's a long way to travel down if they played to nobody do you know what I mean like yeah. they were absolutely 
buzzing after those gigs because of the crowd and how the crowd reacted that you know not everyone there even knew who they were until they started playing and they heard it and they were like okay this is sick because not everyone even really checks out much of the bands before coming down they're just like fuck it i want to go to a gig or again there might be one of the bands they want to check out and then they end up liking other bands and you know there's uh that's again to bring it back to the siege that's why i love it because if you're just walking around you might be in one stage you're like okay this isn't really for me but there's two other stages um that you can go to and you're you'll you'll find something like you know you'll find something that really appeals to you yeah that's uh, once again kind of go over the siege again but i mean like that's one of the things I thought was so cool about the lineup is like the variety within the sort of metal and heavy genres on display is pretty cool. Like, yeah, it's, um, I feel like a lot of festivals or big all day events kind of like that, they go, we're a thrash thing. We're yeah. a black metal thing. Yeah. We're a hardcore, you know, I've done that myself. Point. But what John's managed to do with Siege is really impressive to me because all the lineups I've ever seen for it have been mad. <laughs> yeah, so, they've been huge. Yeah. yeah, like you can't say and if you're in heavy stuff that you won't like anything there. Yeah, hundred. You will like something. Like, even like the amount of effort that John and Kieran put into doing two sieges a year, as well as having other shows on, is just incredible. Like you know, so that's I think why people love going to it because it's an amazing day it's like again like a showcase or whatever but it's it's so well run like (laughs) i don't know how john does it i helped out at the last siege just myself and brian just i said it to john being like look if you ever need a hand so we just like we were just helping bands check in their gear and stuff and it was great crack do you know what i mean like even Mm -hmm. working it um it was it's just so much fun there's just such a, a good vibe there's the girls there that do the merch, like Melissa, uh, they did like every single siege, they'll do merch and they just have the best time. Do you know what I mean? Like even when, if you're working at the siege, you're looked after, you're, you know, you're, you're just, you're not going to have a shit time at the siege. Yeah. Well, that's the number one thing that takeaway, I think like looking at lineup, looking at, you know, your experiences working there, hearing other people talking about it, it does seem like it's just a very well put together thing. It's very well organized. And I think that makes a big difference when you're trying to do such a large scale thing in a very short space of time. You know, it's one yes. day, three stages, what, 20 odd bands. It's pretty mad. Yeah, it's mad. Like, if you think sometimes when you're running a show with three or four bands, you know, <laughs> bands can get there. And shit fit. Like, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, Bands will get there and be like, oh, I don't have a guitar. And you're like, what, what, what the fuck do you want me to do about it? Like, 100%. The amount of gear borrowing on the days, oh, it's funny. Like, But look, that's just the nature of it. I think the lads are kind of like, like, look, I don't know what to say to you. This is They, they send out the email to let you know to have all your stuff and kind of be ready. And I think bands that aren't ready... Um, or even like not aren't ready in a bad way, but like it really it put it puts hair in your chest if you're brand new because it's your first time doing it like you know very strict time slots and being like look get on get off. That's another thing with bands. If anybody wants advice that will go so long is 
get used to your sound checks and or line checks and just really make them count. Don't get up there and start fuck acting. That yeah. drives me nuts if a band is line checking and some guy is just like, you know, they've been on stage for 10 minutes and he's played the Mario theme tune like four times wrong and no actual work has been done. It's like, you know, get up there, check everything you need to check. It means no one's going to be cutting into your set and it just means the whole day will go so much smoother. More importantly, it means you're not going to cut into your... Yeah. When everything goes wrong, um, which it always does, like yeah. at the start of your set, something fucks up, you lose, <laughs> a, you lose a song. Here's a really good tip. Don't think you've got an extra three minutes at the end of your set now. Cut yeah. your fucking set short. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's like, um, if you see like, okay, you have 40, 45 minutes for a festival slot or wherever, and the day before you time your set to like, 45.01 or something like that it's like okay that's if you play it exactly like even the in between for everything unless you're doing it exactly to a click just be wary of you know you might of be another, yeah you might be another little bit tuning that guitar like the heat in the room there's so many little things variables that can happen but just being wise with your time I guess what I do is I actually have my phone like showing the time, so I know what like how long the set is. It's got a timer, and we get to like a certain part in the set, and if we've not hit a song by twenty five minutes, we don't play it and we go yeah, to the last yeah. track. If I try to do that, um, like even after we play a set, I can't use my phone because my hands are like drenched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're trying to do it and it's just like it it's doesn't recognize your thumb <laughs> to open it I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> oh I know it well I know it well yeah. um, cool right so one last question about Dead Cult and then we'll go on to our last sort of segment uh, what if you're looking at so I, I am technically an international band to you <laughs> as yeah, as that sounds. yeah yeah um what would you and look for? Lover. Oh, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> One track lover, all night lover. Yes, yeah. man. <laughs> what do you, what would you look for or what, what sort of stuff would you be interested in when it comes to either UK or international bands coming over? And what are some of the realities as a promoter and someone in a band so you understand both sides of it mm. that maybe booking agents don't fucking get? <laughs> Um, I guess you know you're looking at money from both sides. Yeah. Um, the thing with Dead Cut is I said from the start that everyone's getting paid, um, regardless of how much, um, people are there. So if you make your money back in the door, ideal. If not, I all the money that I all the profit that I make from Dead Cult goes into a Dead Cult account. Mm-hmm. So that would pay if for some reason you know, one, the gigs didn't do well or, you know, absolutely no one shows up. I know all the bands are getting getting paid because I don't ever want to do one of those things that, you know, I've had it where I've gone at the end of the night to get paid and the booking agent is just like, oh, fuck, man, we didn't make enough people. Oh, fuck, I can't pay you. Like, I, I just won't accept that shit. So yeah. I think um, when people are putting on a show is both sides kind of be like right let's be realistic here can we do our job and can you do your job and is it viable for both of us to come out not in debt 
Yeah. Um, just, you know, I guess it's like transparency with that because it's weird, like, you know, when you're doing metal stuff compared to like if you have bands that are maybe cover bands or anything that could be getting like eight, nine hundred euro for for a gig, depending on what the gig is. And like, they're not going to come up and be like, there was no, we didn't make enough from the bar or we didn't do this. They're like, I don't give a fucking shit. <laughs> I went up and did my job like you have to pay me. Yeah, I get paid because I played. Yeah, you know, that, it, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, 100%, yeah. Um, so, I would say that I'm almost too forgiving of like, if a show didn't do well and we were away, I'd be like, wow, well, you know, we'll suck up. It won't be the end of the world, you know. Like, you know, we can we can lose twenty bucks or whatever it is. Personally, you know, for the band. Yeah, um, I guess it, it depends, kind of what way. Like that's funny if you're, you know, if you have to take a small bit. Of, like, well, it's not fine actually at all. But I've literally been told you're not getting anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're just it's, not being paid for that. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Do you know, I, it, it, we when we're it. in a situation where like fucking petrol costs so much money that we're not really going to make much of a profit if anything you were again you're really 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 dependent on merch sales and stuff like that and you know people liking your band enough that they want to um part with some cash part with some cash for something that you made and like when someone you know like it's it can be this, this is another reason why like bands all want to do like the touring all the time thing but like it's it's not easy do you know what i mean i think as well the you know after lockdown there was like a massive i don't know if it was the same for ye but there's like such this huge drive to support musicians and artists and stuff because we were the last sector to kind of open up again and everyone was super supportive and we all knew sooner or later it was going to go back to the the way it was yeah like people have completely forgotten about covid um, so they've kind of also just not taken a, things for granted. I won't say that, but like I know in Ireland anyway, I don't know if it's the same over there, that ticket sales and stuff were like through the roof. Like nobody would go to a gig without getting a ticket. Everyone was getting tickets all the time. But that was kind of like, there was like that fear of being like, everyone wants to go to every gig, so... Whereas yeah. now you could be absolutely shitting it that no one's going to go and everyone shows up on the door. There's so many people that show up on the night looking to to get a ticket. And it's like that that stress, like if people want to support bands and stuff and promoters, buy a ticket beforehand because you are saving people a lot of grey hairs. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah, the, the, the day of a show, I usually find that my tickets will jump yeah, yeah. like 50% up. I'm like, oh, thank God for that. Yeah. Um, but there's times where you just, you know, there's a sort of a local guy had to cancel a show recently here. Yeah. Uh, and it's because he literally had no ticket sales at all. Um, I've heard that happening. That's happened over here um, a few and, times. For you know, it's like the lineup's great and all that stuff. Maybe the day wasn't the right day or whatever, but still, I mean, zero ticket sales. I can't, you know, I can't complain. I didn't buy one either. Um, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But like, it was maybe, I, I guess it shows we are kind of back to where we were pre COVID. Yeah. 
in very real terms for these shows. Uh, I just think like you can't just shit a show out. Yeah, it has to work. You have to have good bands on it. You have to have a lineup people want to see, and also you can't expect that people just want to come and see your band because you're a band. You know, you have to provide something for them that's going to be worth the five pound, ten pounds, whatever it is to get in. You got to be something of worth. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Whether it be obviously the quality in music has to be there, but you know, you need to kind of make you need to make people talk about your shows and in a positive way and to be like, oh no, you have to go see them live, which everyone can have great recordings and stuff, but I always always find that like being a good live band or like having something special about your live set is the thing that will kind of keep you going because you know, I I don't want to be, you know, I'd love if I had my own studio and could release tunes whenever, but we'll be doing a lot more gigs than we will be releasing music because yeah, it costs so much money. Um, I don't think people understand, even like the way we did it with Justin, it was cheaper than us. I know it's just a single and stuff, but and we're trying to find a new way to not sacrifice quality but it's the live gigs and the merch that actually keeps us as a business afloat you know mm-hmm. you really have to make sure that it's worth people parting money that they're you know they're not going to feel cheated or or anything like that and then everything that we make goes back into the band and goes back into a an account that we can then take from whenever we're ready to go to the next thing, whether it be recording or video or in some way kind of become autonomous with itself. Um, yeah, and it itself, like, you know. A lot of the, the expenses of being in a band I don't think are very obvious to people or at least how much they cost. I don't yeah. mean that in a woe is me way. It's just shit costs money, you know. Yeah, 100%, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know about yourselves, but videos are way more expensive than... I kind of really took like thought they would be, um, yeah. especially if you get like a proper professional music video done. Yeah, it can get really expensive for something you're going to get nothing back from. You know, yeah. like, like your sale stream of uh, of your track. Sure, you'll get some money for that if you do well with it. Merch, you'll make money off of. Um, you know, like ticket money. Yeah, but, but like a video, it's on YouTube. People some maybe watch it a bit. You're, you can't really monetize it. If you do get it put on another channel, you're definitely not getting any money out of it. No. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a pure cost for promotional, you know, stuff. Yeah, and people don't really cheap. That. Yeah, and then you're kind of, because at the same time, you have to respect the videographers as well because they're in the same boat that we're in. They're yeah. creating art and they deserve to be paid rightfully for their services. And, you know, it starts becoming that thing of like, you can't be given out about like you know like then you, you don't want to be undercutting people because again like i was saying if someone tried to undercut a band at a gig after a guarantee was made and then not fulfilled it's like you can't you can't kind of do this is where it's like the realism and the realistic side of things being like what budget do you have what level can you get it to that what can you do yourself what is worth doing yourself that you won't rip your heads off and yeah do you know what i mean like there's it's like 
it's it's amazing. Like the the payoff is always worth it. Do you know what I mean? Like the mm. payoff, and usually for me, the payoffs are like the gigs, playing playing the gigs or being able to do a tour, um, or like you know flying over to the UK, being able to do tours, and that's all what it makes it completely worthwhile to oh, me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It that's I apps that's by far the best thing about being in a band for me yeah. is, is playing the shows. Um, Especially like for me, you know, I play the sort of music I love. So it's easy, yeah. you know, and I get to book a lot of the stuff I really enjoy. So when I'm at your gig, I'm having a great time because this is my jam. And, um, you know, I, being able to fly over to Ireland, oh, we're actually on the ferry to Ireland <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, for no real reason, but, boats are cool right but by the time we play that first note in cork on the friday like i just know all the shit and all the difficulty and people getting seasick and trying to fucking get from belfast down to cork and all sorts of stuff will be disappeared in that minute (laughs) yeah i couldn't agree more man like we were uh even when we flew over and then rented a car and like you know we brought a friend to drive us but we paid him a daily rate because mm-hmm. he's taken time to do stuff for us. So we pay him, do you know, like we're yeah. in a band that like we'll, if we're getting someone to help us, we'll pay them because at the end of the day, if we need them, if we want them to do it again, we need it to be worth it for them. Do you know what I mean? So you kind of like everyone can help each other at the end of the day. But I just, the more people are kind of like, you know, like you don't. I don't even know how to describe this now. But it's not like put it this way: like driving a van for eight hours a day isn't fun, even if it's a cool van you like and your mates. That's crap. <laughs> shit, you know. Give me a fucking wage. Um, yeah. yeah, even like you know the traveling that you have to do, like driving, then from Belfast from uh, Inverness, and then you're going to like over on the ferry, and then from Belfast to Cork, then playing a gig. It's like I really want people to realize how how not. I'd see. I don't want to be like again. I don't want to do the woe is me thing. Uh, but at the same time, it's not fucking easy. Um, it's very expensive to do. So that's why, like, when we were over and we did the the tour with Ye, like everyone that was going to the gigs really seemed to appreciate that we had traveled. Do you know, like we had people coming up. When we we're carrying our gear in, being like, "Do you have T-shirts?" And we're like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Oh, let me buy one there." I'm like, "I haven't even taken them out of the van, but <laughs> but okay. sick, yeah, sick, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no worries." Uh, we're definitely hopeful that people just enjoy our stuff and get to hear oh, live. They, they definitely will. And you know what? It's weird. Like, um, you know, it, here in Cork, like people have come up to me and they know below the neck. Do you know what I mean? Like they, That's so weird. It's cool, like, because from between, like, anyone that's ever heard you or, like, you know, any of us or Kenzie or anyone, like, we have talked about you so much. I've played your stuff to people. I've shared your stuff so many times. So it's that thing of, like, maybe one or two people might actually click the link and listen to it. And they'll yeah. be like, it's cool. And then they might play it, like, at a session. And then little things like that start growing and people already are aware of the name. 
and they're kind of like, oh, I, I didn't realize they were from uh, Scotland. I'm like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So when you do this tour, especially with the Siege of Limerick as well, it'll really open up a lot for you, you know. Yeah, but it's that stage is going to be fantastic. And I just uh, can't wait to get over. Um, and we leave at 10 p.m. from Inverness the Thursday night. We drive down to somewhere, get on the ferry at four o'clock in the morning. And then over to over your at uh, or Karen Ryan, whatever site it is, I don't know. Yeah, but there at six in the morning, and then we get to drive to Cork and then have a long practice with Kenzie because he's joining <laughs> yeah. us for the tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you told me that, I was like, motherfucker, like because <laughs> the first time I met him, he was filling in on bass for Baylor, Baylor. Yeah, over yeah. Here. yeah, and he's and, he's done gigs with us. Uh, <laughs> popped his finger so it's like we've said it so many times like he's he is the bass band whore like yeah if anyone needs bassist no one it's like okay well, well Kenzie will do it anyway <laughs> you know what I mean like if you're going you're not going to be stuck Kenzie will do it well he's, he's good <laughs> you know like he's really been sending us videos good, like and I saw one of them yeah I saw one of them and he's there's like there's bits which are bullshit and he's like what the fuck does this even mean like well that's rory you know what do you expect but he's he's nailed it already we're gonna have one practice with him beforehand so it'll be fine yeah i I was with him um like a week or two ago he was showing me the videos and stuff and i was like listen as long as you are just playing those songs you it's not going to make a difference like as if as long as you can play them before going into that practice it's not going to make a difference as long as you're tight and as he's tight separately you'll be tight together so it doesn't really it'll be absolutely fine and plus it'll be so much fun to have Kenzie on the tour with us like oh (laughs) I'm already ready for the fun Um, oh my god (laughs) just he's great crack so yeah yeah. yeah. magic (laughs) so we're coming near the end of our time here together Evan I want to ask you a question yes what? yes a thousand times yes I'll marry you yes oh, there we go finally it's, it's got, <laughs> my dreams have come true Not all the tours are worth it me yeah. and Evan will be bonded in holy matrimony <laughs> finally <laughs> finally um, what what is your main passion in life that isn't music and just like let's just let's chew over let's see what gets you going oh man See, this is the thing. When you said this to me, my head really just kind of exploded. I was like, shit, what? Like, like, see, my thing is, it's not even like over the last while, I think it's, I love me. Music is like everything to me, whether, you know, like whether it's a podcast where it's dead cult, whether it's worn out, worn out, um, going to gigs, you know, helping bands with merch like anything I can do but I'm very much as much as people wouldn't realize because they kind of see me everywhere whether it be online or promoting like I really do love like not this is weird but I just fucking love not being around anyone (laughs) (laughs) well do you know why that is it's because you spend so much time being around That's people. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, there's something so special about just like spending time with my dog, spending time with my girlfriend and not 
having to think about anything else, like really just kind of unplugging. Yeah, unplugging. And I know it's not like a real passion because like music has completely taken over and I actually don't do anything else. Like, you know, <laughs> I do normal people shit, but like every single thing revolves around music in some way. So yeah. it's kind of like I, I don't take for granted times where I do get to go and do something that isn't music related or even just sit somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't, like, I think some people think that like every single day of the week that I'm, you know, I'm doing something with someone or hanging around, but I very much need to not, not speak. Do that sometimes. My social battery runs out a lot quicker than people think. Yeah. Um, I'm not as buzzing all the time to, you know, be. There's only so much that you can project this like super energetic, love and life kind of personality. Because even if you're having the best time, you know, take tour, for example, tour yeah. is like fun for the half an hour you get to play music and like get to see your mates. But then you're sitting yeah. in a fucking car, just like see, we love music. <laughs> see, the thing is, sometimes I love that because, like, my th see, and you know what? I think the reason that I love it is because, like, I won't drink on a yeah. tour. I don't drink. I might like after the last gig on the last day, I might drink. But if we have multiple gigs, I won't. So I get to be very present. Like, yeah, I get to be very present in the the driving. Whereas, you know, when you're when you're driving somewhere and you are dying hungover, that's shit. Like that sucks ass. But I'm very lucky with the with the lads and like the kind of crew that we usually have uh, for tours or gigs or anything. That there's some people like that I don't. Like if I if I want to just say nothing for a while, it's fine. You know? Yeah. But that usually with them, I won't do that, and it's usually just talking absolute muck. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think there's there's I really 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 don't take for granted if and when I get to just completely unwind and yeah, like walking my dog early in the morning on a day off. Tell us about your dog because oh Sarah. Sarah is the best Sarah, dog ever. Yeah, I have, I have it tattooed on my hand and um, where I work in the canteen, um, I think one of the um, women that works in the canteen said that she uh, follows me on Instagram and was like confused because... Is this your girlfriend, yeah. Sarah? <laughs> well, no, this is the thing. She thought that Sarah was my wife. So she thought my girlfriend was my wife and that I had my wife's name tattooed on me. So oh, like well, that makes sense. Yeah. It was kinda of like, no, no, no. Um I'm that's not my married, dog. And that's my dog's name. <laughs> 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 and it's kinda of like I realized as well that it's like some would kind of look at it and like probably will be the first thing they jump to being like either this guy is married or has a daughter, which I do really have a daughter. She just has a tail. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, my, 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 
dog means fucking everything to me. Like, uh, it's that thing, um, like you, you, you'll never ever feel actual loneliness. Yeah. If you have a dog, it's like that perfect middle ground of like not being around anyone, not having the energy to be around anyone, but also not wanting to be alone. That just sitting with your dog is perfect. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm not alone, but I I also don't have to talk. I don't have to. Do you know like the times when you're trying to talk to someone, but you're just aware of thought? Does that make sense? <laughs> when or you're, you're sitting like, there with like a blank mind, going, "What yeah, the fuck yeah, am I saying next?" Yeah, yeah, that's it. And you're more thinking about how to react to what they say, so they know that you're listening, that you actually aren't listening at all. Yeah. Um, I have a tendency to do that. So I really do need to kind of just um, be in my own space and relax, you know, um, just kind of like walking my dog with my girlfriend and just relaxing is a massive deal for me and not have shit tons of email like i need to find a day at least maybe once a month where it's like i'm not doing or replying to anything yeah depending on what's going on obviously that can get harder and harder like if there's shit to do you do it do you know what i mean i don't want to run away from things but you know it's kind of like just after a tour do you know like where all the gear is back up in practice space not even set up and you know right well no one's going to get onto you the day after it, and you can just do fuck all. Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went and got to the day we after we got back from the tour with Yi, just because I felt like I was like had to do one more thing that wasn't like a normal thing to do. I guess before I went back to some kind of normal life, I was I didn't even know what I wanted. I just showed up to my friend and I was like, tattoo something on me. So he did a rose. Or was it that? I can't remember which one he did. I think it's the rose. I don't know. <laughs> but I needed to do something kind of, I don't know, chaotic. Yeah. Something, uh, just, something for you. Something for me, yeah, because I yeah. just wasn't ready to go back to an office and... Go back to real life. Yeah, go back to real life. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, just in terms of like the need to do something that isn't involved and try to get a gig together or something like that. I am... Yeah, I don't I love it like obviously I, oh, love it else, but I would be fucking sadistical if I didn't do you know yeah. what I mean like why would I set up dead cult and then being like I actually hate organizing things I hate booking things like I would be really really messed up if I just kept putting myself in this situation but yeah. I actually but um yeah I I guess it's not even a passion but I think it's more um I really do just like being able to recharge when and where I can because it means that I have way more energy to put into things when you need it yeah when I need it and I think a lot of people should I don't know some people try to do you know the, the, the hustle to the grave thing which is great don't get me wrong hustle to the grave but sometimes taking just a a break from all of it for like a day even you know do something nothing to do with music um, and just recharge and you'll go back with such a stronger energy like you need you really need you look you, 
Like you really just need to look after your head because this kind of like thing is not easy. It's that whole, like someone said, even with promotion, it's like a thankless job, but it's like, I'm not looking to be thanked. It's, you know, you're kind of like, oh, everything is, can get a bit much when there's so much going on, but just looking after your head and knowing when to take a break and look after yourself and don't waste your time with people that are just going to be consistently negative. Learn who and what to cut out of your life when you need to. Um, yeah. And take the time for yourself because they, yeah, it's so easy it. to burn out as you've like alluded to. Um, yeah. I have had a different life balance since I was blessed with my son. Um, yeah. Brody. And I was actually, we were, me and my wife were literally talking about this today about was it today or yesterday maybe about how I just can't do it anymore <laughs> like the yeah. like constant social media constant replying to people uh there's like the one thing about like if you are someone who can put on a gig for someone or you're a band that can play with someone people don't really realize that you sometimes need to not be doing that or like yeah. you, you have an out of office you know like you don't have that on messenger yeah, yeah. And it, it, what, is, what it led to me doing was completely burying my head in the sand and not speaking to anybody. Um, which, Evan, it's the first time we've spoken in a wee minute, so you might be aware yeah. of that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just things get busy and you have to prioritise what you have to prioritise. And, like, luckily I'm able to, you know, as we've already alluded to, I have a very supportive wife, Rachel's, like, the kid. Yeah. Um, that's very very important like yeah, exactly. very very important I think and without that sort of support I wouldn't be able to do half the stuff I do because I'd just be struggling at home the whole time um, yeah and the way I repair is by leaving her on her birthday to come to Ireland so that's pretty <laughs> cool it's do you know when we played Dublin yeah that's my girlfriend's birthday yeah <laughs> We're both pieces of shit, Evan. Just fucking bricks. <laughs> oh, well, I think that about wraps up uh, the the tale of the two cunts. Yeah, so, we just yeah, we close it on the fact that we're horrible people. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um. So I've been Finbar. You've been annoying. That's true. <laughs> no, you've been Evan, and um, I can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, man, thanks for coming on to the Broken Foundation pod. Anytime, man. Absolutely. Anytime. Right, see you later.